to Women Worth Knowing, the radio program and podcast hosted by Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. There are so many Christian women with fascinating stories, whether they're missionaries, musicians, reformers, authors, or wives and mothers. Their examples are inspirational to us all. And today, I have to say that the inspiration is going to just be off the charts because we have had part one already. And now, Cheryl, tell us about what's going to well, happen on part two. Well, we've got Aileen Allegra, and she was just telling us about how she is Peruvian, but she was born in Florida. And just, I love the way um, the Lord just connects us to Him. Mm. And it's almost like a dot to dot. And you can't see the picture that, you know, forming what God is doing because we're going, you know, so one true. to two, two yes. to three, three to four, four to five. And for us, it seems like um, so arbitrary. Mm. But God is making a beautiful picture this whole time as he connects the dots. And that's what we had in part one. So if you haven't listened to part one, you have to go back. Yes. And one of the things, I, Aileen, I love about you is your youth, but how the Lord captured you and your heart at, at 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. And I... I do believe in heart captures because that was the time that the Lord began to capture my heart. Mm -hmm. And then it just kept going to deeper levels. Mm -hmm. Yes. And you'd have these, you know, you'd start to walk away and get a little chastening and God would, then you'd have an experience again and you'd be like, okay, okay, it's your voice, not my voice. And you were just telling us about this place of you've got all these opportunities, um, that are great opportunities, college, the career, the money, all the things that you thought this is what life is about because, you know, you mm. did spend 14 years in Florida. I did. And mm. then now um, the Lord just saying, hey, I want you to really think about the mission field. And you're in Hungary mm-hmm. at the time in a place called Vita, a Bible college, which is in the sticks mm-hmm. in Hungary. Yeah, it is. I mean, if you want to hear the Lord's voice, there's no better place to go because <laughs> yeah. there's nothing else happening. But it was magical too. The, co- yes. the castle is like... It's divine. Oof. Oof. It's yeah. the it's the presence of the Lord yeah. that makes it so. It really is. I mean, terrible food, mm. <laughs> you know, really bad food. We I, used wanna, to, I didn't want to say anything, yeah. but... Yeah. Yes. It can't be about the food. It can't Fried be about broccoli. Yes. Yeah. Not not the thing to you know. All my college people, if my Bible college friends are hearing me, we know fried broccoli, fried mushrooms. Mm mm. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Lisa Collins happened to be there when yeah. we were um, staying there, and we ended up going to her. Um, little apartment every night going, hey, Lisa. Tacos? What's going on? Well, you know, she did Indian food one night. She's so... um, Those were the best days at the Bible college. Yeah, she's a great cook. No, but like there was actually Pakistani and Indian people on the campus. And they would would take over the kitchen. Yes. That's the best. The best day they would make. The best. I think their bread's called naan. Naan. Naan? Yep. Yep. Oh my gosh. Mm, It's the the best. Best day. Best day ever. You know what's funny? Because when we would go to um, Austria to... The, the castle there for the, you know, mm-hmm. um, refresh retreats with um, the national pastors and the missionaries. With Imre now? Yes. Yes. Um, yes. Imre. But what would happen is sometimes we, a couple times before he came, we had um, Indian families Oof. that would come and they'd say, could we take over the kitchen? We're like, yes, by all means. <laughs> and it was <laughs> so amazing. Yeah. It's just yeah. such delicious food. Okay. So you're in Vita. Mm-hmm. You've deferred a year of college mm-hmm. and going 
the direction that seems so reasonable, so responsible oh, yes. to stay. And, My you know, extended family really thought it was responsible. Right. You know, sometimes, though, following the Lord, to those who are not in Christ, it seems like the most irresponsible decision yes. yeah. ever. Like, what do you mean you're not going to college? Or what do you mean you're not finishing college? Mm-hmm. This is where the money is. This is where the career is. And what's so funny is that's so like how... Jesus was and the disciples followed him. They didn't know. And they would be like, okay, we're he- <clears throat> yes. headed this way. We must be going to stay here tonight. No, we're going to go this way now. And mm-hmm. and I'm going to go away for a couple days and you guys carry on. And they just had to stay so close to him. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Aileen, we can just tell you just radiate. Like you have stayed close to the Lord and he's leading you. And we can't yeah. wait to hear. Yeah. So let's pick up from Vita. You're in yes. Vita. Um, yeah. So I'm in Vita. Um, but I went home to pack my stuff and tell my parents, uh, which as missionaries that they are, they were not surprised even in the slightest. And they were like, yep. Okay. And, uh, but one of the confirmations was that I would, um, get my tuition back Mm. if it was from the Lord. And I did got full, my whole tuition back and all of that was used to go to Hungary. So wait, at the same time though, your parents are empty nesters and they're Going to Peru? Yeah, they're going back to Peru, and they're pretty much... uh, Actually, when I went back, they weren't there yet, but my brother was getting married. So um, my brother was in a relationship, about to get married, and um, I basically moved most of my stuff out to Hungary because I knew like I wasn't going to come back until Christmas. And um, I was like, okay, I'll be back in Christmas, and I'll be able to pack up the rest of my stuff, sell my car, and make, make more, you know, get a little bit more money, and then go back, you know? And uh, that was another plan change because the Lord, um, Christy, again, love of my life, Christy again goes, you should stay for Christmas. <laughs> and I was like, I need to go home, say goodbye to my family. My parents are leaving forever to Peru. <laughs> and I don't know when I'm going to see them again. And I need to spend Christmas with my family. I'm Spanish. Like we do Christmas big. Big. And I need to sell my stuff. I need to go home. I was like, Christy, no. She's like, okay. You should pray about it though. And I was like, I hate, I started hating praying. Sorry. That's the truth. I started because I knew like my plans would change. And I was like, oh man. So I, but it gnawed at me again. And I was like, Lord, what do you want me to do? And uh, he's like, you're staying for Christmas. And I was like, no, I'm not. Please no. You know how lonely that is for a Spanish person to stay with, with like, it's just a different culture. Like Christy was amazing and her family. I love them, but it's a different culture. Mm-hmm. And also being in the snow, I'm from Florida. Mm-hmm. Like we go to the beach oh, yeah. on Christmas day. Like, what? It, change? <laughs> it was freezing. It gets dark at 4 p.m. It I was does. so seasonally depressed. Yes. It was not, I was just not okay. I was like, no, I want to go home. And the Lord's like, no. And that really like solidified my missionary journey. Uh, my parents sold all my things while I was gone. Yeah, including my car. Oh. I saw a picture of it the other day. I was like, my dad. And my dad had sold it on Facebook. <laughs> so I was like, okay, my car's, everything was sold. And my parents actually came in February to say goodbye to me. So we met oh. up in, in Serbia. I was serving wow. in Serbia for a minute Wow! during during those Christmas. That's what the Lord wanted. He wanted me to go and serve. In, in, so the whole month of January, I served in Serbia with uh, Pastor Tibor. I met Sarah Yardley there, which is really cool. Somebody yes. reminded me about that the other day. Um, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so I served in Serbia for that month. Um, that was part of the MTP curriculum, you know, too. I should just say, we love Sarah, <clears throat> and we have a one or two episodes with Sarah. Yardy. Oh, good. Yes, Sarah's we a, do. So and, yes, and yep, you know, speaking of that, she's at, a, she's at a crossroads right now. Mm-hmm. And the Lord gave me a word for her. Because 
and I think this is important to bring up right now. We tend to think that the ways of the Lord are super straight. Mm-hmm. I mean, and they are in a way, you know, but like we see the objective and we want to take the road that goes directly there. Mm-hmm. And God says, oh, no, I've got this other road. And I was saying to her, I've been praying for you and I feel like the path is going to be circuitous. Mm-hmm. Don't look for the road that goes straight to your objective. Yep. Look for the road that God is leading you on, mm-hmm. you know, and so his objectives are straightforward. Mm-hmm. Right. The way he takes us there. Our security. We'll to make sure we just hit every spot where he That's wants right. us. And to he's go. just a multitude of purposes. You yeah, know, it's exactly. never about just one thing. It's about, you know, I'm, I was yeah. reading the book of Jonah and I'm like, wait, what's the major theme here? Mm-hmm. There's like so many themes, you know, right. God's in control of nature, you know, God um, won't give up on you. Mm-hmm. If he's called you, he's going to get you there. You know, yeah. Another one is, you know, God cares about the unsaved. Yes. You know, there's so many themes in Jonah. And you're like, but which one's the most important? You're like, right. they all are. They all are. And, yeah. you know, so he's yeah. doing this. So, okay, yeah, no, all your stuff is stolen. I'm not stolen. stolen. Sold. Yeah, but it's I actually, made a new word, yeah, stolen. Stolen. But it, to add to that, it was what got me over the edge. Like what got me to stay was that um, a teaching uh, through MTP. Uh, I remember Jeremy Foster was teaching and he goes, um, I was battling, I was wrestling. I remember in the class, I'm like, no, no, no. And I just, I get up from my mind, you know, cause when you're getting your mind and I get out of my mind for a minute and I listen to the, to what I'm supposed to do class, you know, I'm listening to class and he goes, all I hear is everything is preparation for something else. And I was mm. like, dang, because yeah, I was like, why do down. I need to stay? Yeah, I was like, why mm-hmm. do I need to stay, God? I don't need to stay. It's Christmas. I need to go be with my family. I don't need to stay. And then I hear everything is preparation for something else. And I'm like, okay, like, I guess you have a plan, but I don't understand. I was so mad, so bitter that he wanted me to stay. But it worked out so well. And I stayed and I learned and I grew so much. And uh, I, so I did Serbia. And my parents met up with me and we did we did a little vacation and we said goodbye. And we really thought it was the end of our journey together. Wow. Um, they were going to go to Peru and they thought I was going to end up in India anyway. So they were just like, you know, mm-hmm. fly and be free, you know, do what you got to do. Of course, mom was like nervous for me, but she was like ready for me to go and like have my adventures with Jesus. And uh, that was the plan. I did a bunch of different mission trips and the whole thing. Um, but uh, well, and the Lord did something, you know, I did not have a high, uh, what is it called? I wasn't the best student either during my college Bible college days. I learned a lot. I grew a lot. I was, you know, not always at the the place with the Lord that I wanted to be. Um, I think I, I was just struggling through insecurities and things like that. And um, basically, the Lord which is par for the course. Yes. Thank God. Thank Grace. God. Amen. Yes. You know, and you were 18 it, yeah. and 19. Yes. Yeah. 18 and yeah. By the time I ended it, I was 19. Um, and uh, yeah, so I decided to stay for the summer, but by the beginning of the summer, I just knew the Lord was going to call me out at the end of it. I was just, I don't know where, I didn't know how, but I just knew my season at the Bible college was coming to an end. Um, and at this time I start, um, I don't know if we can segue into this, but yeah, I guess so. At this time I start doing worship. So I wasn't at all musically gifted at all. Um, you can talk to my mom about this as part of my journey, but I was, can talk to my parents about this. I was literally told n- not to sing or play because I was that terrible because oh. a church needed it for for a service. I just saw <laughs> he's laughing. Um, yeah, I, I was at the church that Calvary Chapel 
Ludin when we first went out on the mission field. I already knew how to play guitar. I played bass for worship, uh, but I didn't sing all the time. But I was like, you know, singing, you know, anybody can do it. So I went, they needed a worship leader. So I offered the pastor was like, get out. <laughs> like, please, it's it's okay. We will do well you with tracks. You had the most unlikely missionary. <laughs> yes, that's that's what I'm saying. Yes, I've heard that and I and I take it to heart because I love it. Uh, yeah, so I was told not to. I also don't, yeah, speaking of not, um, yeah, that's a long story. Yeah, I got you there. But yeah, so... Um, <laughs> Yeah, so he told me not to do worship. And I was like, I get that. I was like, I, I, I am not, I suck at singing. I understand. So I like let it go. And I never, um, but it did embarrass me a little bit because I was 14. So yes, I was like, um, absolutely. yeah, but not, in a, I didn't hate him or anything. I was just, I understood I wasn't built for the assignment, but like, you know, I was embarrassed. <laughs> so I never brought it up ever again. And so towards the end, when I was finally coming back to the Lord and getting out of my insecurities at Bible college, I finally, you know, you, I basically I got above water and I was able to finally see what the Lord wanted to do in me and like do, do in my life and like, you know, just kind of be open to whatever he had in store. And I was, I was doing worship for the Bible college with a team, but I was only playing bass and I was like stuck in the back, you know, bass players are the best. And they I don't usually it. sing unless they're Paul McCartney. No. Right? Yeah. And I was in the back, you know, bass players are always in the back, like behind the drummer, right. like just like right, always next to the drummer I've noticed. And just like right there. So that's me. I was, I was on, on top of that. It was in the coffee shop. So I was behind a beam always. <laughs> and I was just like solid and I'm tall. So I was like, great. I'm just playing bass, having a good time. And one day my friend comes up to me. She's like, she's like, Aileen, I love when you play bass. And I was like, why? You can't even see me. She's like, because you actually worship in the back. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, I also make tons of mistakes because I'm worshiping because I'm just like praising the Lord. And like, I'll get like somebody to turn around and they'll be like, can you play? And I'm like, oh, my bad. And I'll get back to playing because I get worship. I get lost in worship. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and she's like, yeah, I love that. Get lost. And I was like, OK. And so it was super encouraging. So um, it just kind of like. I just saw, like the Lord just, little did I know he was moving me towards worship. And then um, I start doing, I just, I took one day, I was like, let me, let me pick up the guitar after five years probably of not touching it. And I was like, let me pick up a guitar and, and do a, just have me and Jesus time and play. And um, that just opened the door. I didn't realize it, but my friend came in and she's like, you do worship. And I was like, no, I don't. This is the one song. I knew how to sing one song, Mighty to Save. This is back in the mm -hmm. day. So I knew how to sing that one. It was like the one song that I could sing. And she was like, she was like, you can sing. I was like, no, I can't. It's the one song that works. And that's it. So I'm going to need you to leave. I'm having Jesus time. Like, <laughs> go. You know, she's like, fine, fine. So she leaves. And that evening we had a class. And um, it was, this is a really funny story. So yeah, so we had a class. And she like... Uh, it was this church simulation. So we all were told to like plant a church because that was, you know, we were doing like pistols, the, the, you mm -hmm. know, all the, all the books. And so they, you know, start choosing ushers and kids ministry and the pastor who's going to teach and da, da, da. And they're like the worship team. And so we, my whole worship team was there and we're like, okay, we're going to do worship. And she raises her hand and she's like, Aileen's going to do worship. And I was like, mm. No, I'm not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Absolutely not. And they're like, we want seven songs. Can Aileen do seven songs? I was like, I cannot. Nope. I, I cannot. And she's like, yeah, she can. I was like, please, girl, I'm going to need you to just chill. What are you doing? And they basically vote and they ask me to do worship. So they, they voted by blind. Blindly. Would you have done it any other way? No, yep. absolutely not. Yep. Absolutely. Not. I knew nothing. I yep. hadn't touched it in years. And well, long story short, that project catapulted me into worship which I just never saw happening yeah. in my life 
and um and uh by the end of it before i left um actually i didn't i wasn't too keen on prophecy again i was only like 19 so i wasn't sure about it and somebody came up to me in prophecy i actually was trying to run from him because he was kind of creepy and he came up and i was like i don't you're weird like remember this is like 10 this is like 12 years ago so like prophecy was still like weird for the calvary right 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 right. so it was like and i was like ah man he's coming for me and i like tried to run and he like caught me and he's like you're called to um he said two things to me which is hilarious i i only remembered one of them you'll hear what you'll see why because he goes um i have two things to tell you and i was like yeah what's up he's like your husband's around the corner i'm 30 he, I don't know what corner he was talking about. Yeah. Um, but he's like, your husband's around the corner. And I focused on that and I got stuck on that. I yeah. didn't remember the other half of the prophecy until years later. But the other half of the prophecy was he had never heard about me or he had literally arrived the day before. So he didn't even hear worship. He didn't know I do worship or anything. He's like, you're called to be a worship leader and you're called to lead in that ministry. And where you go next is where you're going to do mm-hmm. flourish in it. And I was like, What? And and that's it. And but because he started with the with the game changer, which yeah. is the one I wanted, um, I completely forgot. But anyway, so at the time I'm doing worship and all these things, and um, and I know I'm supposed to leave. So I'm like, okay, Lord, what are you doing? Where where are you at? Where are we going? And I talked to Lisa about it, Lisa Collins, and she goes, you know, New Zealand needs interns. So why don't you just go oh, check out New Zealand? New Zealand, right? <clears throat> and I was like, okay. It was like, yeah, New Zealand. That's a that's amazing. Let's go. And um, I check into it. I even I think I even talked to Mark Walsh about it at the time. And um, I'm like going that way. And then I talked to my parents. And I'm like, hey, this is like this is the plan or this is what I'm thinking. And my dad goes um, at the time he had another one of my friends there. My one of my friends went and helped with the church in Lima. So he was helping in a church in Lima, Calvary. And one of my friends from the Bible college went over there and was helping. And there's this like big uh, youth movement. Like there's just a lot of youth coming out of it. And I used to work with youth back in Florida. So uh, he's like, man, you got, you know, you're a youth group girl. Like, you know, you should come and help me out. And I was like, dad, no, you just miss me. Like, you're good. Like, you're good in Peru. I'm good over here. I don't want to go to Peru. Like, Mm -hmm. I really don't want. I've already been there. Uh, You know, I was always like, I was always just really obsessed with going to new places. So just going back to Peru was not what I wanted to do. And um, and he's like, you should just pray about it. And I was like, nah, just when people tell me to pray about it, it's like, dang it. Yeah, (laughs) we see a pattern. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And so I was like, man. And I was like, nope, not doing it. And I told my friend about it. And she's like, you should just pray about it. And I was like, no. I'm not, I don't need to, I'm going to New Zealand. And she's like, just give it a shot. What do you have to lose? So that night I prayed about it. And the next day we started, uh, what's that conference that they do? uh, Foundations, right? Foundations, I think it's called. So that's what they used to do. Right. So foundations started. And, um, I don't know if you remember the person I already mentioned in part one, Jim and Doc Goldie, right? The Scottish couple that used to serve in Hungary. That's right. Well, they came, yes, they came back. They came back for foundations. So I'm praying about it. I'm like, Lord, whatever you want to do. I'm I'm probably 30% open to it, but fine. Like, I'll be honest with you, you know, Lord. Um, but whatever you want to do about Peru, right? So I go, um, I see them. They're, they're in Hungary. So I'm like super excited. I go and I hug her. She has the gift of prophecy too. And I go and hug her and she goes, she just looks at me. She goes, are you praying about Peru? And I was like, what? How, like, where did where that did even, that come yes, from? Yeah. where did that come from? I'm in Hungary. Like, yeah. where did, no? And she's like, you um you should be in peru and i was like uh, 
And she's like, listen, I'm not going to say anything else. Here's a verse that God gave me for you. But if it's not for you, reject it. Mm-hmm. But if it is the Lord speaking, take it and run with it. And I was like, okay. I was like, great. Let's see what this says. You know, it's probably Acts 1-8, you know, go in yeah. the spirit or something. No, it was Genesis 32-9 that says, return to the land of your fathers and wow. I will do you good. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> and the minute I read it, the Lord's like, yep, that's you. And I was like, <laughs> No. Is that what you wrote in your Bible? Yeah. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. It was like, it was like there, just mm, there it is. And I was like, okay, Lord, this is where I'm supposed to go. And the minute I did that, it, like my other missions. So Pastor Chet had several people with him serving in the missions department. And that my other pastor, Jim K was there. And he's also, a, he's a YWAM guy, super, another legend, honestly, such a great story. He should write a bio, you know, he should write an autobiography. Um, and so he's there. And so Dot immediately tells him she's ready to go. Mm. <laughs> and I have a meeting and I officially like, he's like, come to Fort Lauderdale. We'll send you out mm-hmm. immediately. And I was like, what? This is all insane. Like so fast. I'm, I was one of the young ones going mm-hmm. on the field. I was 19. So it was like crazy. And he's just like, go, but I get sick. So I got sick while I was in Hungary. Um, yeah, I got really sick. I would faint all the time. Suddenly, I just got no. sick. And I would faint all the time. So I um, had to travel to Peru first because I didn't have insurance in Florida. Mm. So I traveled to Peru first before I got sent out. Wow. And that's where everything changed. And that's where we land on Cajabamba. So basically, I go to Lima. My parents weren't even going to Cajabamba yet. So during that summer... Okay, wait, now explain where Cajabamba is for those who are listening. Because, you know, everyone knows Lima. Yes. But not hardly anyone knows. And the only reason I'm familiar with Cajabamba and Robin is, Mm -hmm. is because we featured a few weeks ago a missionary who's now with Jesus, who was one of the pioneers. um, But she was, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, American. Mm -hmm. um, And one of the pioneers who... She and her husband went into the area of Cajabamba to start Bible studies and Crazy. to do things. And that was like in the 1960s. So or I think actually it might have been in the 1970s, but it was a long time ago. Crazy. So nobody knows where Cajabamba is unless you're Peruvian. So explain Even it Peruvians don't know. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So even Peruvians don't know. So um, basically, if you think Vita's the sticks, Cajabamba is insanely deep in the mountains um so basically you take a flight from lima to cajamarca and then you take a three-hour bus ride into cajabamba oh wow and it's beautiful it's become a lot bigger obviously it's a lot you know there's a lot more people there but it is only twenty-five thousand people mm-hmm. and it's made up of indigenous people so very native culturally like to the area and then there's um just people in the city but it's not a city it's a town this big <laughs> um and it's just it's amazing it's beautiful it's mountains everywhere your mountain is like right in front of your nose it's magical honestly it's so beautiful and um my mom was born there okay let's talk a little bit more though because you know it's magical but let's talk about what is the market like yeah you know we're used to going to the supermarket you know and here's our meat department here's our you know other department what is that like it's raw meat everywhere chicken just exposed Mm -hmm. um you see and it's marketplaces open market oh it's an open market it's Mm -hmm. one of the cleanest actually in peru though Mm -hmm. just a shout out to Kamamba. but um it is uh it's been voted so uh but the, the 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 like pig heads are just like on the 
on the counters. There's like meat hanging. There's actual pigs like just hanging, like mm-hmm. humongous pigs just hanging. Um, cows are brought in. Like it's a whole thing. Open ve- veg, you know, farm grown vegetables like out just for you to enjoy, you know, and pay for and stuff. Uh, you know. All kind of dairy, ready, fresh. Everything is just fresh. It's amazing. I always take the missionaries there. They love it. They take pictures with the pigs and stuff. So how did you end up in Cajabamba instead of like Lima? Yes. So that's that's how we get there. So basically I land in Lima because I'm sick and I start going to all my appointments. And basically the, the time that I'm there, my dad... Led a mission trip right before I got there. Led a mission trip to Cajabamba because there was a family there. Okay, now yeah. we're gonna stop because Ooh. we need a part three. Okay, because we this is so good. We are getting into you know, and you see how everything so far, as um, Jeremy Foster said in his message, mm-hmm. everything has been purposeful. God doesn't waste an experience right. or a moment, you know, in Amen. His it, with us. Every mm-hmm. place is purposeful to get us to the place he wants to be. And so when we come back, we're going to talk about um, pretty much the ministry that you have now and what God is doing in Cajabamba. We'll probably talk about how your dad got your parents up there, too, Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, an excellent story. So, you know, we're we're really looking forward to this. And, And again, just going back to the fact of how God is working in all these ways. And again, Eileen, I love the fact that you are so real because unless we're real, nobody gets help. Exactly. And so if you've said no to the Lord, there's still time to say yes. Amen. Amen. And you know, and if you're feeling a little rebellious in prayer, God's still loving you and wants to use you for his glory. So come Amen. back for part three. Amen. listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. For more information on Cheryl, visit CherylBroderson.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. For more information on Robin, visit RobinGunn.com or follow her on Instagram or Facebook. Join us each week for a lively conversation as we explore the lives of well-known and not-so-well-known historical and contemporary Christian women. If you think there is a woman worth knowing, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at www uk at cccm.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Make sure you rate us on your podcast app, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Thank you again for listening to Women Worth Knowing with Cheryl Broderson and Robin Jones-Gunn. Women Worth Knowing is a production of Calvary Chapel Costa Mesa.